Welcome to Queen City Trading. It is Sunday, May 1st, the start of a new trading month. Uh, right off the top, I want to say we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice, and you should not take financial advice from a podcast. Uh, with that said, I'm joined now by my good friend, Jerome Ball. Jerome, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful weekend here in the Queen City. Um, let's see if that translates to the stock market. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, this thing happens with my wife when it's actually sunny and nice in Ohio that like suddenly I need to set the entire yard up and we need to start a party and get the pool out for the kids. I like it. Something happens to her when the sun comes out. Yeah, I think that's just part of the Midwest weather where we only have so many good months to enjoy the the summer before it gets too hot and too humid where we don't want to be outside and then it gets too cold and now we're back inside. <laughs> we're at that perfect uh, temperature right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. This this thing happens to her where she's like, this is our life now. There's no more going inside. But so to, uh, to kick us off here, do you want to uh, take us through a quick recap of what we saw last week? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's maybe start with Elon selling Tesla shares <laughs> or his Twitter purchase. Yeah, I believe he sold 9.6 million shares. Um, and here's an interesting fact. So for those don't, that don't follow, um, Gary Black 0 on Twitter, he is fantastic if you want any info regarding uh, Tesla stock. And so he pointed out that his shares were actually sold at an average price of 8.83 a share. And that most likely these are the shares that he had exercised on his options in November, December at a thousand thirty-seven a share. So he actually sold these shares at a loss, not having to pay taxes. How do you, as a, a long-term holder of Tesla, you, you've been in Tesla comments for years. How do you feel about the Elon situation and, and Twitter and him selling shares? I, how, how does that make you feel as an investor? Uh, long-term, I just look at it as more buying opportunities every time it gets in my price range. Um, I think if we see 700s again, I'll be buying as, so as a long-term investor, I, I like that aspect, but short-term man, the volatility can uh, make you go insane. And especially as you acquire more shares and you see your cost basis go up. Um, but then when you're dropping 10%, 12% in a day, those days are painful. And part of the reason why I'm switching my account from a margin account to a cash account um, going forward, I use my Tesla shares as the collateral to stay above 25,000 in order to day trade using margin and the volatility of those shares, uh, makes my account, um, go a little crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's worth noting that, you know, some of the, the levels on your trading account changed because you decided to start paying yourself, uh, in 2022, um, which is a. I think a disciplined approach to your trading account that you, you made the decision that, Hey, I'm, you know, when I make a substantial amount of money in the market, I'm going to actually pull it out and pay myself rather than let that influence the way that I trade day to day. Absolutely. And that was a hard lesson. Um, my first goal was just, let's see how large I can grow this account and, you know, watch my net count value just rise and feel good. And then I realized towards the end of the week, I'm taking on more risk and I could have paid myself and therefore you know, I'm losing money, <laughs> you know, if I'm taking money out of the account, I'd rather, you know, transfer it into one account, pay myself, set aside, you know, money for taxes and, um, try to have more discipline. And this year has definitely helped. Yeah. I think that's a, 
that's a tough part to manage, especially for me with my style. I, you know, I get some big wins throughout the trading week and you get that feeling of like, well, I just took, you know, three, 400% on that trade. I, I can take a fraction of that and then take on more risk in another trade that I might not normally take, mm -hmm. uh, usually to the, the detriment of my account. Um, and just, just let it eat up some of my profit unnecessarily. That's, that's definitely something that I've been trying to work on lately. Yeah. And it, it's funny how it goes hand in hand where you're, you know, you're taking on more risk and yet your rules go out the window where you're like, well, you know, instead of cutting this as a loss, I'm just gonna let this ride. Let's just, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Which is, is such a funny thing. You know, we have our rules in place so that we can find good trades and take good profits and as soon as that happens, it's like you forget and, and find yourself with a trade going against you and just hoping that it'll go the right way. Um, you know, which leads me to something that I did want to talk about is just cutting my losers. Um, cutting losers faster has been a huge part of my account starting to grow. Um, my biggest loser last week, I, I was going through my PL over the weekend. Um, my biggest loser was on TQQQ, uh, for $38. That was the, the biggest loser that I took last week. So, uh, it shows kind of how, how ruthlessly I've been cutting losers. Just if, if something goes against me, I'm, I'm cutting it quickly. Uh, now that's not to say that none of my trades went negative more than $38, but it was something that I had enough conviction in to, to go back the, the way that I intended the trade to go. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, and I'm sure it took you a while to get to that point, because if you start out where you, let's say you cut a loser at $38 and then you just see it run, let's say, say you missed out on making, let's say $200 or 300 and you're thinking, man, why did I just take a $38 loss? Um, but I, I think that comes when you you're consistently finding good plays. Yeah. I think that it's. I mean, it's absolutely demoralizing. We've all had it happen to us where you, you cut something for a loss only to see it almost immediately run the other way, uh, you know, and your, your thesis ended up being correct. But I think just after enough time and experience in the market, you realize that, you know, I'm, I'm going to find winners. I, if I, if I have a set of rules and I have a strategy, uh, I'm able to find good trades, um, you know. I need to be okay with taking a loss every once in a while, a small loss to, to live, to fight another day. Um, there, there was a quote that I saw, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it here on the podcast, but it was something to the effect of, uh, mountain climbing, uh, is ultimately about getting to the top of the mountain, but it really is about not falling to your death. Um, and I, I thought that summed up pretty well, the, the sentiment of a trader. Absolutely. Especially, you know, a new trader starting out with maybe not have as much, you know, income to throw at it. Uh, and you might just get that one chance. And if that money's gone, then, then you're done as a trader. Yeah. Especially with trading options. Um, you know, uh, you and I have been trading together for the, the majority of my trading journey, really my entire trading journey. Um, and it, it kind of makes me laugh at this point. I can remember saying like, I, I don't understand options. I, they, they scare me. I'm going to stay away from options at this point. Um, to the, the point that I'm at now where I, I only trade options. I, I don't have, um, a real long game at this point. Uh, which I think is, is kind of where we're at in the market right now. 
Uh, do you think that we're at a point of adding to a long position or do, do we still, is, is it a trader's market at this point? That's tough. And I think it depends who you're asking um, and what your time frame is. I, I think for us, long investors, we're, you know, we're both in our early 30s. Um, we have a long time horizon where I, I do think there's some growth or tech that has just been beaten down so badly that you probably start nibbling in. Um, like Amazon, for example, we were talking before the show, um, down 14% on Friday. If you're looking at the daily RSI, it's under 30, um, weekly RSI. 30 as well it's probably not a bad opportunity to start nibbling the vix was above 30 um but you know this was the price at june 2020 so could it go lower possibly uh, and probably i'm looking at the chart right now where it looks like there's more support right above 2000 so i, I think it depends what you're looking at maybe throw a little capital in right now nibble in and something you dollar coverage dollar cost average in as you go. Um, just know it's probably gonna be a bumpy ride uh, this year, especially going into midterm elections. Um, we can talk about that as well with, uh, with Biden and the college, what 10, I think is they're looking at relieving what $10,000 in student debt. Um, that might be interesting to see how that plays out with the economy. It can definitely help stimulate the economy, but then we're also running kind of hot already with inflation. So it's definitely an interesting time we're in. Yeah, I, I think it, we'll we'll touch on the the student debt cancellation um, to kind of put in perspective for Amazon. Um, you know, obviously Amazon's not going anywhere. They have a, a massive infrastructure in this country. They're one of the largest employers in this country. Um, Amazon is here to stay. Uh, with that said, on on Friday, trading down fourteen percent for the day is where they closed um, their earnings. They missed net income. Uh, by 147%, uh, earnings per share, a similar picture, net profit margin, a similar picture, um, just an absolute ugly earnings report for Amazon, um, which I think given the, the current climate that we're in with a, a potential bear market, um, it, it still kind of came as a surprise. I don't, I. I think there were definitely people expecting Amazon to miss, but I don't think anybody expected them to miss this badly. Uh, I, I certainly didn't. 14% drop for a stock that's 2,500 and a market cap uh, over a trillion. Yeah, and, and considered a, a blue chip stock at that, you know what I mean? I, I think that the the Amazons and the Googles and the Microsofts, the Apples, those those are the ones that were considered kind of the safer money yeah they're they're going to take a hit in a bear market but uh to see to see amazon drop 14 percent a day i think at one point they were down 16 percent um it, it has really ignited some fear in the market uh which i think is a great opportunity for for us as traders i you know obviously we can we can bank off of that volatility if you find yourself on the right side of it right absolutely and i feel like short term it's i i enjoy just day trading versus trying to, you know, last year or two years ago where you could easily swing trade, you're writing up, you know, the bull market, um, you could buy shares, hold them for a few months, sell them. Now I'm afraid to buy any dip because we just keep dipping lower, but I do have some strong, you know, convicted, uh, stocks like such as Tesla, where if it does get in the seven, 800 range, I'm, I'm a buyer, um, which <laughs> leads me to this point, which we didn't discuss was, and I don't know 
this was Gary Black was tweeting this. Um, I guess analysts were saying that if Tesla share price got below 837 a share, that Elon wouldn't have enough Tesla shares to collateralize his $12.5 billion margin loan. Um, Black didn't seem too concerned by that because he thinks that, you know, Elon controls the stock and that Monday that they need to file a proxy or at least an extension. Um, but more than likely there's going to be a statement about Tesla's uh, stock split more than likely 10 to one. Interesting. So we'll see if what that does to the market, if that gives it a little jolt. Yeah, I think that, um, man, the, the timing would be fantastic. So Tesla closes on Friday at 870, uh, up just under 1% in the post market. Um, you know, obviously the sentiment going into tomorrow, uh, the trading week starting on May 2nd, uh, from what I've seen, everyone is pretty bearish. Uh, but I am seeing people with the opinion that, Hey, you know, the, the S and P and the NASDAQ are both very close to, uh, critical support here. It's, it's not out of the question, uh, even in a bear market that we could see a violent rally to the upside. Um, a, a, an announcement of a Tesla split split would certainly be a catalyst that could help push us to the upside there. Yeah, one can hope. And, and we also have earnings this week. Um, is there anything you're looking for? Yeah, let me bring up my earnings picture real quick just to uh, take a look. The one that I will be watching pre-market tomorrow is Saya. Uh, Saya is a domestic uh, shipping company, primarily uh, what's called LTL, less than truckload. So Saya is a, a small shipper that will get small consumer goods from one place to the next locally. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to expect a beat from Saya. I've, I've been repeatedly talking about how shippers are still doing pretty well, uh, whether it's container shipping or, you know, trucking here and abroad. Um, so I'm going to watch for Saya pre-market tomorrow to see if they get a beat or not. Um, some other notable ones this week. Uh, BP and marathon on Tuesday. So we'll, we'll get more of a look at oil. Um, mm -hmm. you have Moderna and CBS health on Wednesday, uh, to get a look at some of the, the medical stocks, um, Shopify, Fubo and wish, man, it's, it's almost like they, they kind of blocked the sectors together this week. I, I always wonder if that happens intentionally or if that's just happenstance. Um, but a very exciting earnings week. Is there, is there anything that you're watching this week? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious about oil as well as let's see, Expedia, Airbnb. So we'll see how, and Uber Lyft. So we'll see how traveling or people getting out, you know, we we're constantly hearing that people are spending less on consumer goods. Like, so I'm assuming Shopify will probably tank just like Amazon. I think Shopify even sold off on Friday as well. Um, so we'll see how we're doing with travel and leisure, um, AMD, I think will be interesting. Uh, chip stocks have been getting destroyed. And then DraftKings and Penn, let's see how us degenerates, oh, Caesars as well, are doing at uh, gambling. And so I'm, uh, I'm particularly interested in those. Uh, I have not traded any of the gambling stocks. Uh, once upon a time, I enjoyed trading DraftKings. Uh, and obviously, I did not do well with DraftKings, thus the reason I haven't traded them in quite a while. I think DraftKings was in the 50s the last time that I traded them. Um, so I don't have their, their chart in front of me. I'll have to check and see where DraftKings is trading now. Um, as somebody who enjoys, uh, 
potentially enjoy some gambling and trading some gambling stocks. What's what's your prediction for them? Yeah, and, uh, DraftKings closed at thirteen sixty eight on Friday. Uh, that that tells you how long it's been since I traded them. Yeah, they, they've taken a beating. Um, I think they're all still at that point where they're trying to acquire customers and they're just spending all this money on promos. And yeah, I'm not expecting much from their earnings. Um, I guess it'd be nice to see the revenue increase, but yeah, I think they're all just spending so much money just to acquire customers. And um, yeah, so we'll see and just try and get that market share. Yeah. Is, is it possible that um, th this is a thought that I had the other day that companies like DraftKings, uh, and, you know, some of the, the small to mid cap players, and even for some of the large cap companies that they recognize that we're in a down market, that everyone's going to take a beating right now. And they're looking at this time period as a, a building opportunity. Uh, I, I kind of joked that it's, it's almost like the Cleveland Browns, that it's, it's another building year. Um, you know, is, is it possible that companies say, look, we are, our tickers are going to take a beating now one way or another. Why don't we, why don't we spend some capital and, and build our company up so that when it is time for a bounce, we're, we're in a good position to catch it. And I think that's why we're seeing a big difference in which companies are really doing well in this market. You're looking at Apple where forget what they're down, um, year to date, but hardly anything compared to DraftKings or like a Shopify. And I, that's because they're a mature company. They have cash. They know how to allocate that capital versus DraftKings. They got to use that capital. They got to spend it for promotions, advertising, um, acquiring those customers. And that, that's a hard environment, you know, a high inflation environment, um, where you got to spend money and here's Apple spending money to buy back, I think 90 billion of their shares. Which, which is a really, you know, an interesting move is, is that a, a building move from Apple? Is that an accounting trick to, to make the ticker look better? Um, you know, Apple famously does not provide guidance when they provide earnings reports, um, which I, I always, it, it kind of makes me laugh whenever Apple does that, that they essentially step up to the mic and just say like, no, we're not, we're not going to play that game. Uh, and, and let you guys destroy us based on somebody's guesses. Um, but certainly, you know, Apple has some of the best and the brightest. They, they know where they're headed and what's coming. Um, I, I think that that's, that's how Amazon shook the market so badly on Friday. Um, we, we really are looking to these, these giant corporations to tell us, you know, where are we headed from here? How, how concerned are you guys as a company? Mm-hmm. And, and they've been carrying the market. I mean, you look underneath like Netflix, Facebook, how many companies can you name that are down like 50%, 60, 70, 90% from their all-time highs. And we're just now starting to see these mega cap tech companies starting to, I won't say crumble, but they're starting to feel the pressure. Uh, Google with their advertising spending down. Um, Apple, we're, they're seeing some pressure with the China lockdowns, Russia, Ukraine, and these were the stocks that were holding the market up. Um, so it's, there's not much to, to be bullish about other than the fact that have we just been beaten down so bad that we're going to get a little re relief rally or, you know, where are we headed? Yeah. And it's, it's worth noting that Apple on Friday closed above the 50 day exponential moving average, uh, on the weekly chart. So, uh, Apple sitting at 157.65 at close, um, 
you know, they, they really have not taken the same beating that, like you said, the, the Netflix is the, the Facebook's, and uh, the, uh, AMD, the, the list goes on of, of companies that have just gotten demolished in 2022. Um, and you know, we, we say that, but really, uh, for most of those companies, they're still trading well above where they were trading 12 months ago, 18 months ago. Um, you know, if, if you are a long-term investor and you've, you've been in the market for a few years, you're still potentially not down much money, uh, if any. So yeah, a very, a very interesting point in the market right here. Um, I, uh, I had a, I had a good week last week. I, I have enjoyed the volatility. Um, I, I like to, I like to text you and tell you when I've betrayed you and I've gone short on Tesla. Uh, <laughs> Tesla's, yeah, we, we got to play both sides. Yeah, Tesla was Tesla was one of my one of my big wins this week. I, I uh, multiple days this week, uh, but Thursday especially, um, bringing up the daily chart for Tesla. Uh, Thursday we saw that big drop, uh, a high of nine hundred to a low of eight twenty one. Um, I think I took my short position somewhere in the 880 range and cut it somewhere in the 830 range. Uh, so uh, a massive winner on, on puts for Tesla this week. Um, and that, that's when we tweeted about too, I think on Wednesday, we, we tweeted a chart. Um, I think we were calling what, under 875 and it hit what, 821? 821 at the low. So uh, huge, huge opportunity with Tesla. Uh, always a, a fun option straight on Tesla. Uh, one of the other calls that we made on the podcast last week was Zim integrated shipping. Uh, you know how much I love to trade the shipping stocks. Um, so on Monday, Zim saw a low of 4821, uh, and on Friday, a high of 5927. So, uh, an $11 move on a, on a stock that's trading in the fifties. Uh, I did trade calls on Zim this past week and another, uh, several big wins on, uh, on Zim this week. So yeah, a fun trading week for sure. So when you're trade, let's say maybe it's not Zim, but let's say when you're, you're day trading. So what exactly are you looking for and how are you day trading, um, this volatility? Are you trying to time like the bottoms, the, the highs and short, or what's your strategy? So in this market where we see just insane volatility, where you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next, um, I'm looking for a couple things. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to not fight the market. Uh, when, when I go back and I, I look back at my losing trades, it's always when I was trying to time a reversal, you know, we, we open bloody, the, the market is red and I try to play calls, catching a bounce to the upside. Uh, typically that's going to equal me losing money. Uh, so lately, first and foremost, not fighting the market. If, if the S and P and the NASDAQ are red, I'm trading puts that day. Um, and then the other kind of key indicator that I like to watch is the nine EMA. Um, I like to see something, uh, a ticker break either under or over the 90 MA and then potentially back test. So, mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm playing puts, does it fail at the nine is, does it start heading back to the downside or if I'm in calls, uh, does it hold at the 90 MA and, and bounce back up to the upside? 
Um, the the nine is definitely, I think, my best indicator to give me confidence to to stay in a trade or, all right, I've I've broken below or above that point. It's time to get out. Now, how long would you say are you in these trades? So Tesla on Thursday, um, I, I texted you Thursday morning and said, uh, you know, have you ever hit a golf ball and and just gotten a hold of it <laughs> in the sweet spot? And it it gets uh, gets small very quickly. Um, I I think I was out of Tesla in a matter. It, it was less than five minutes. Um, so yeah, scalping very quickly on on Thursday. Uh, versus, uh, Zim is, is a little more slow moving of a ticker, uh, a lot less volume. Um, I, I was in Zim for, I think Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and I think I cut it sometime Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I I'd have to go back and look. Um, but it, it really just depends and it depends on, you know, how much capital I have tied up in something. Obviously the, uh, the Zim trade was a a much smaller capital position than the the Tesla trade. Because you're kind of veering away from your strategy. I, I think your strategy is just, you're, you like to get in and out your scalp, take your profits and, you know, look for the next trade. And Zim, knowing that it takes longer to play out that you want to tie up much capital on this move, right? Yeah, I, I think that, and we've, we've talked about it with, with Zen or, or any trade that you find yourself staying in is, you know, do you, do you close part of your position once you see profit to give you the ability to stay in? Uh, that's, that's really the only way that I'll stay in a trade longer is if I've already closed part of the position and locked up some of the profit, um, versus a, a Tesla. Um, and man, Tesla can, can hurt my feelings at times where I, you know, you, you try to leave a runner and it, it swings hard the other way. Um, Tesla, typically I like to scalp, get in and out, take my profits and, and move on to the next trade. Um, so yeah, I think it really, it depends on the trade, but I, I think that scalpers are, are really shining right now. It's, it's definitely a, a scalping oriented market at the moment. I agree. I say, take those profits and don't let a green trade turn red. Yeah, I, which, you know, I, I think that's what done. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes Tesla so fun to trade is that, you know, it can, it can turn very green very quickly, um, but it can, it can absolutely go against you and, and a green trade can turn red. So I think you you gotta, you gotta know your tickers. You gotta have a, a watch list that you're comfortable with and, and you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, um, is there anything else you're, you're looking for this week? I, I think, uh, you know, coming into Monday, I'm, I'm going to be pretty patient. I'm, I'm looking to see where the market goes. Uh, obviously we have uh, a fed meeting this week, so, um, I'm, I'm looking to find out are the rate hikes priced in already, you know, will the rate hike be what we thought it was? Is it going to be? 0.5 is going to be 0.75. Um, you know, there's been some minor speculation that with the market so beat down that maybe we won't see the rate hikes we thought we would. Um, I'm, I'm looking for direction this week. That's, that's really, uh, I think patience is going to be the name of the game heading into this trading week. Yeah. Uh, that, that, let's touch, speaking of patience and let's touch base on last week, you had text me saying, 
I forget, you took a trade on Robinhood and you said, if only I did this on my normal account, I would be better off. And I, I think that just alludes to the patience, um, how we like to trade on Webull. And as soon as that market opens, I think we're both ready to, to get in, start trading. And during this choppy season, it sometimes it's just, it's better just to wait an hour or two and see where the market's heading and then get in. Yeah, I've, I've gone back. i one of the things that I think has led to me being a better trader is going back and looking at my losers and analyzing and trying to figure out, all right, what made me take a loss here? Why did I take this trade? What was my thesis heading into it? Um, and I'll have to put together the percentages, but the majority of my losing trades happen when I take trades before 10 AM. Um, the, the market has not picked a direction yet for the day you're still, people are still feeding into their bias from the day before. Um, you, you can get chopped up early, especially on a Monday. Or even in the pre-market, it's bright green or bright red. You're thinking, okay, this is, this is a selling day or this is a buying day. And, um, as soon as the market opens, it flip-flops, you know, we see that reverse. Yeah. Which I, you bring up a good point there with the pre-market. Uh, one of the things that I've been watching lately is the pre-market levels. You know, what are, what's the low and the high of the pre-market for any particular ticker that I'm looking at? Um, and I'm kind of using that to set a range for the day ahead. You know, what was the pre-market high, uh, you know, use, use Tesla as an example, uh, on, on Thursday, let's say that the pre-market high was above 900 or the, the pre-market low rather. And then we break below that into the trading day and the trading day on Thursday, obviously, uh, deep red, uh, it, it can add to conviction for a, a short position on that kind of day. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, for, for someone like you, who, who likes to play the charts, who, who puts great charts together, uh, when, when the pre-market gaps one way or another, whether it's with your chart or against it, it, it definitely makes trading the technicals that much more difficult. It does. And sometimes those are the days where I find most challenging because I'm thinking, okay, I'm right. My thesis, you know, is playing out. Um, I'm a genius. Let's, let's make some money. And those are the days where I'm thinking, you know what, I should sit out. Why, why am I trading this gap? Um, better find something else or, or just sit the day out and, you know, trade the next day. Or if there's not the best setup, um, trade less, smaller size, which it's hard doing when you're starting out and trying to just, your main goal is just to grow that account. It's hard, you know, going small and even, you know, hitting hundred percent gainers and thinking, well, shoot, why did I play small? But, um, it's, it's the long game. Like you said, tying it back into climbing the mountain. The, the whole goal is don't fall to your death. Yeah, I, I love that you you point out that that feeling of like, man, I'm I'm a genius. I I, I like to when whenever I take a, a significant trade in the market where I, I have something that goes my way and I, I take a you know, a two hundred or three hundred percent winner, I like to shoot you a message that says, Hey, I need to remind myself that I'm not that good at this. Um, <laughs> you know, whether whether I'm good at this or not, uh, it's and I think it's the same as getting caught up in trading the same tickers, you know, you have puts repeatedly go your way. If you're, you're trading the spy and you think, all right, I I've taken all this, this money out of the market today. I'm going to go ahead and, and try again. I'm going to go back to the same. Well, um, you know, 
obviously I'm good at this. And that, that is typically the trade that's going to get you. That's going to be the one where you give some of your profits back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just over trading. And, um, that just goes back to don't let a trade, you know, go from green, turn red, as same, well, same as the day. Don't let a green day go red. Um, that's the worst feeling. <laughs> yeah. So to, uh, to kind of wrap us up here, is there, what's, what's the main thing that you're watching this week? What's, what's something that you're looking to see? Well, I think I'll be transferring my account on Monday. So I'll, I'll probably be locked out from trading. I think it said for six business days, maybe. Um, but I am looking at Tesla. I looking to see if they make an announcement about their 10 to one, uh, split. Um, curious to see where we're at on Bitcoin, Ethereum, both are at interesting levels. We'll see if they hold that support. Um, it, but yeah, it, I think we're in for a lot of volatility and sadly, I think there's more pain to go. Yeah. So for, for me, uh, today being Sunday, all eyes are on Bitcoin. Um, you know, we posted the Bitcoin chart from our, uh, our podcast Twitter earlier. Uh, and we, we kind of laughed as we were about to start this episode that, uh, it took a nasty dive right after we posted that chart. Um, but still, still holding the trend line. Uh, so if, if that chart doesn't hold up this week, that's, that's my trend line. Um, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one being awful. Uh, that I think, I think it's perfect. Looks like it, the first point of the trend line goes back to January 24th. So, uh, a pretty, pretty long-term trend line on Bitcoin there. Uh, I'll be, I'll be curious to see. Um, I think that, I don't think that crypto drives the tech market. I think it, it, they're linked at this point, the, the NASDAQ and the crypto market. Um, but I think that they both kind of influence each other. If, if, you know, we see. Bitcoin dive hard tonight if the the Asian market opens and they they are selling off in in crypto. I think you could expect to see similar moves from the market open tomorrow. Support pain ahead. Yeah, I I hope not. My uh, my long position hope not. But we'll uh, we'll see, man. An excited trading week ahead. Absolutely, and uh, we'll see if we can record another episode during the intraday trading. And I enjoy that, but we both have busy schedules, and you know we're just trying to make this work uh, i think we're enjoying this Ho hopefully you guys are enjoying these podcasts and we're just trying to get better trying to improve trying to provide value and just talking about something we enjoy yeah i was uh i was joking earlier that if we ever change the name of the podcast again it'll be we're sorry we're busy we're trying to get episodes out <laughs> um but if you do enjoy what we're doing here uh as much as we do uh, if you could give us a like and a subscribe, we would certainly appreciate it. If you want to see some fantastic charts by Jerome, uh, follow us on at Queen City Trading on Twitter. Uh, we would love to participate with you guys. We enjoy making these episodes and hopefully making some money. So uh, good luck this week. Hopefully you have a good trading week ahead and we will see you soon. Thank you.